Welcome into another episode of the Young Terps Podcast. Ahmed Gafir and Mason Viner talking Terps in Indiana. Ahmed, this has been a game that everyone's highlighted over the past couple of years. It's kind of that swing game for Maryland, but this year the Terps uh, a clear 14 to 14 and a half point favorite. Yeah, obviously there's been a lot of uh, exciting games in the past, a lot of high scoring games, a lot of one score games. Uh, but, um, you know, I think this one, it was a little bit different on paper. Uh, obviously, you know, I mentioned, you know, Maryland's a pretty heavy favorite. I uh, have a chance to, to set a couple different records uh, this weekend, obviously going 5-0 and for the first time in 22 years. So um, we'll, we'll definitely see. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if Maryland's able to cover this weekend. Yeah, it sure will. And before we get too far into that, this podcast is brought to you by Watercrafters. Located in Gaithersburg, Maryland, Watercrafters has been providing swimming pool services and supplies to Montgomery and Howard County for the past 41 years. Watercrafters highly skilled service staff can open and close your pool as well as provide new equipment, repairs, and weekly service. The Gaithersburg Retail Showroom has everything for your swimming pool, including chemicals, parts, and fun accessories. Visit Watercrafters in the Gaithersburg Air Park or online at watercrafters.com. Uh, Ahmed, getting a little bit more into it. You mentioned it. First 5-0 and starting. St- All right, can cut that. Ahmed, you mentioned the 5-0 and start for the first time since 2001. Uh, Maryland also with a bunch of other accomplishments, a bunch of boxes that Locks can check on his program building list. Yeah, obviously, like I mentioned, you know, first chance to move to five and zero for the first time in twenty two years, but uh, get a chance to move to two and zero for the first time in Big Ten play ever. Uh, first time to do so, two and zero uh, since uh, twenty fourteen, and four and zero for the first time in uh, in thirteen years. So, um, and you know, another another little uh, caveat: you get a chance to win the third straight against Indiana. So, um, yeah, like you said, you just a lot of a lot of positive momentum for this program going into Week Five. Uh, I think a lot of fans kind of. We're happy to see, you know, Maryland kind of take care of non-conference play, being able to get through that. Obviously, you know, not completely pretty, but uh, obviously I think a chance for Maryland to continue to set these feats, you know, especially after going to back-to-back bowl games, winning those back-to-back bowl games, going to have a chance this year to go to the third consecutive bowl game uh, that hasn't been done in a while, too. So, uh, like I said, just goes back to the, the positive buzz that, that Mike Coxie's building uh, going into year five of the program. Yeah, and Indiana kind of on the other side of that. Um, Coach Allen really been struggling. It seems like, you know, the, the wagons are starting to circle around him and his program. Uh, a lot of, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, fan hate for that, that we saw around here not too long ago for Walt Bell, the offensive coordinator, Indiana. Uh, the Hoosiers also, I guess the most interesting stat that I, that I think is out here, the fewest returning starters with eight and combined total starts on their team, 136 in the country, 21 transfers. Uh, for Indiana, 18 of those from other uh, FBS programs. And, well, that's shown on the field mostly last week when a real bad Akron team had a kick from about 30-something yards to win the game in regulation. Indiana ends up with a four-overtime victory in that. And if you saw the video from Indiana social media, it looked like they won the Super Bowl when uh, Coach Allen got into the locker room. Yeah, obviously you got a chance to, to go in. Um, yeah, I mean, they had a chance to, to end it a little bit earlier. I think it was in the third overtime uh, quarterback missed a wide open uh, receiver in the end zone. I don't even think there was another defender, anyone uh, on that half of the field. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it was a very uh, ugly game to watch. Caught the the last bit of it uh, last weekend. But, you know, like you said, just I think this is kind of the youth movement for Indiana. Um, Tom Allen 
you know, that Hoosier program did, did really well a couple of years ago, kind of being that Big Ten surprise uh, team when they had Michael Penix in his freshman year. Uh, and since then, it, the, the sustained success uh, for the Hoosiers program uh, just really hasn't been there. Uh, but a lot of familiar faces coming to College Park this weekend. Yeah, uh, on both the defense and offensive side of the ball, Chad Wilt, uh, the defensive coordinator, I guess he's, is he the co, co-defensive coordinator for Indiana? Um you know, spent a lot of time with the Maryland program, actually, when they had a lot of success. I was just looking at his notes on his Indiana site. I mean, he's got Andre Monroe stats on there, Darius Kilgo stats on there. I mean, it's it's plastered with Maryland's defensive line from uh, the Edsel era that actually went on to have a bunch of successful NFL careers and still kind of holds a bunch of spots on Maryland's record book. And, and that is the strength of Indiana as of right now is the defensive side of the ball, scoring defense, uh, 19 and a half points per game. Uh, total defense is up there, uh, get, only giving up 342 yards a game. I mean, strong, obviously, in both categories against the run uh, and the pass. But uh, Indiana hasn't seen a, a team quite as as gelled as Maryland. They did play Ohio State in what was a close three-quarter game that they ended up losing by 20. But uh, this might be the one thing that holds Indiana in this game. Yeah, I think obviously when you kind of look at that Indiana front seven, I think they have a couple pieces there. Obviously, Aaron Casey is the kind of the, – he's the – engine uh, in the heart of soul of that defense uh, sits third in the Big Ten, 14th nationally in total tackles, uh, coming in with 41 through four games, uh, big, big force in, uh, in the, you know, just at the line of scrimmage, uh, tied for first with, and, um, with five TFLs as well. Uh, Andre Carter, he's another guy. He's been very disruptive through the first two weeks of the season. He uh, amassed four uh, tackles for loss uh, and then it comes into this weekend with five. So uh, I think that just kind of that Indiana front, uh, it's going to be the, the kind of the storyline on that side of the ball. And, uh, you know, Chad, well, you know, you mentioned just kind of him and, and the success that he had at Maryland. And, um, you know, he got a chance to work with Mike Loxley. That was, I think they overlapped for, I think it was two, three seasons uh, during the Edsel tenure. And like you said, and um, uh, just to, to credit to, to Chad, well, uh, he actually ended up recruiting uh, the younger brother, of one of my friends, uh, after he left Maryland, he went to army um, and the, family friend just said really good things to say just kind of about Chad Will, just about him uh, from beginning to end, just how he recruited him, things like that. So uh, that's always kind of stuck with me, just kind of about him as a person. So uh, definitely, definitely will be a welcome face to see back in College Park this weekend. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, from from what I've heard from the players of that era, they really enjoyed their time. I mean, when they had Locks and they had Wilt was, was probably the strongest part of, of the crossover of that program. And you just see it with the guys and the success they've had at the next level and the success they had at Maryland uh, clearly was a, was a face that I don't think locks would have, you know, would mind having back in college park if, if the opportunity came up. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be kind of interesting to see just kind of what happens with Indiana this year. I think obviously, like we talked about, just kind of with that youth movement, you know, does that kind of buy, uh, you know, Tom Allen a little bit more time if, you know, they don't end up going back to a bowl game. I think, you know, you just kind of look at the trajectory of the program, you know, it's kind of stalled, uh, you know, a little bit stale uh, in terms of, you know, just development and trajectory and whatnot, like I said. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. I think there's a lot of a lot of young talent. But obviously, when you look at that that Indiana defense, Aaron Casey, obviously, like I said, I think that's that's going to be the engine to go. Um, to, and and the, the guy that Maryland's uh, offensive line that, you know, the blockers, they need to be. Uh, mindful of um, he was the first name that Mike Loxley talked about when talking about that Hoosiers defense so I think just kind of getting eyes on him getting hands on him uh, at the point of attack uh, I think that's going to be key and um, will probably be the the difference or maybe the uh, the, um, the key deciding factor and just how successful this Maryland rushing attack is this weekend 
Yeah, and you mentioned something, and, and we'll talk about the Indiana offense in a second, that, that really has stuck out to me. I mean, over the past week, I'm pretty sure everybody, especially the two of us being from Montgomery County and, and a lot of kids going to Indiana and knowing people that have gone there, you know, talking to some of them and asking them if they were, you know, going to come to the game this weekend, if, you know, they, they had any opinions I could, you know, maybe share on the pod, anything that, you know, added just a little bit, a little bit more to it. Almost all of them were like, it seems like the department as a whole is fine as long as they pretty much just have a football team. Like they don't really, the, the contract buyout that would be there, you know, everyone's talking about Tom Allen possibly, you know, moving on or being asked to move on at the end of the season. Pretty much everybody that I've talked to says they're just all in on basketball, trying to push a ton of NIL dollars towards basketball, get that yeah. program back where it needs to be. And as long as they play, you know, somewhat competitive week one game against Ohio State and, and maybe get to six wins, that's kind of the line. So if you ever think Maryland's out on football, there's here's another team just to look at and just say, yeah, we're we care a little bit more than some other teams in the league. Yeah, my next door neighbor, he's a IU grad as well, and I feel like the way he describes about football, uh, the way he describes football is just uh, you know something something to keep your time busy, uh, occupy your time before basketball season starts. So um, yeah, that definitely definitely is a uh, is a basketball school. So. Um, we'll see, you know, Maryland also got tabbed as a basketball school yesterday too. So we'll see, hopefully the, uh, maybe better basketball school win. Yeah. And well, I think our basketball school is a little bit ahead because, well, we don't have a guy named Walt Bell calling our plays anymore. Um, it has been a really, really interesting week for Walt Bell coming out of the Akron, uh, game or debacle for, for Indiana fans. He described in his media availability, which they have coordinated media availability on Mondays for Indiana football describe the team as a run first team yet the play calling really has not gelled a, a lot like the end of his tenure at Maryland yeah obviously um kind of after that that tenure from Maryland I think he was kind of viewed as you know maybe that that up and coming that offensive mind that you know that cutting edge next next generation kind of wave of football um then obviously you know UMass very tough place to win just in general in college football probably one of if not the toughest job uh, in FBS, but um, then obviously went to uh, to Indiana. It's been a couple rough weeks for for them. Obviously, the play calling been under scrutiny. Something that you know Maryland fans have you know they've also kind of saw when he was at College Park as well. Um, and uh, obviously, he isn't the only familiar name. Anthony Tucker. He was another guy. Uh, he was at the, with the program. He joined uh, when DJ Durkin came uh, as head coach. Um, he was a running backs coach before departing for UCF. Uh, so a little bit of familiarity on that side of the ball, too. And won't be as much in terms of, you know, scheme and, and things like that, but obviously just two former assistants heading back uh, to College Park. And um, Walt Bell definitely has a, a young young quarterback with a lot, of, a lot of potential that he can kind of work with there. Yeah, I, I would say that, um, you know, when I, when I look at the team for Indiana on the offensive side of the ball, you see some of the things that, that you saw at Maryland when, when they didn't have their full stretch of running backs that, that they really were able to just kind of go with the Ty Johnson or Lolo Harrison. It, it really, it sticks out like that. I think your clear best player is the running back, which is Jalen Lucas for uh, Indiana. And they're trying just to find ways to creatively get him the ball at this point. And, and they really want to run between the tackles and, and that's really not there. If you look at, I think you really see two similar teams. You mentioned the talent on both sides of the ball. Um, but right now the program's just not there. They're scoring 21 points a game. They struggled last week to move the ball really up until overtime. The second, the first half of that game, if you haven't 
Uh, if you're really into Maryland football and you want to watch what we're going to see on Saturday, if you look at the first half of that game, you just see basically a lost offense. And I think that is what the the picture really is for Indiana right now. Yeah. Uh, under center for, for Indiana is uh, Taven Jackson, the uh, younger brother of uh, Indiana superstar uh, on the basketball side, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, Tennessee transfer. So he's going to be the guy under center. Uh, he does. Uh, he's among the, the league leaders in uh, passing yards per attempt, passing yards per completion. Um, so when you kind of look back at what Mike Loxie said on Tuesday in terms of him being probably the quarterback to challenge Maryland's defense vertically uh, so far this season, you know, there, there's validity to that. Um, obviously, like we said, you know, they had its chances uh, last week against Akron um, to, to really put, put the game away earlier, just miscues really offensively, just kind of don't look really in rhythm, in sync. Um, so, you know, Maryland's defense, you know, the secondary, I think largely has been able to, to buckle down and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, they've shown that you know, the, the miscommunications, uh, especially along the sidelines, you know, those – those still have shown up a little bit, you know, the adjust adjustments after the fact uh, have been good, but uh, will be sent something to watch. But you mentioned Jalen Lucas, obviously he's going to be the engine to go that makes that Indiana offense go the same way. Aaron Casey on the other side of the ball, make sure that Indiana defense is uh, in position there. And Jalen Lucas, sits uh, second in the big 10 in all purpose yards per game with, uh, like you said, uh, over 110 yards, um, big factor. He actually, uh, leads the the team in, in receptions over uh, Cam Camper, who seems to be that go-to wide receiver there. Uh, so, in terms of, in, in addition to what Jalen Lucas can do uh, with the uh, with the ball in his hands on the ground, um, he's added another 15 yards for 138 yards. Excuse me, 15 catches for 138 yards and one touchdown uh, on the season as well. But Jalen Lucas is definitely going to be the guy to watch. Um, you know, I think that Maryland defense, that front seven. You know, we talked about what they've been able to do. And I think uh, that inside linebacker room, we'll, we'll, we'll see if they're at full strength this weekend. Uh, posted some notes for inside the black and gold subscribers there. Uh, but I just think that the depth and the talent um, and that the, the physicality and the speed let a lot of these guys have been able to show uh, in terms of filling their, their gaps and the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think that's kind of going to be, be a point of emphasis, obviously, to, to kind of limit Lucas and keep this uh, Hoosiers offense one-dimensional. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And and one of those things to watch this week, if you know, you've looked at the team and looked at the rotation, especially late in the game last week, is what pairing of inside linebackers Maryland kind of picks, who who they stick on him. Is this, you know, a spot where they maybe Gavin Gibson's a week better and they can really look at him as a corner or or they want to put Corey Coley out there and maybe bring Glenn Miller in to kind of draw that one-on-one assignment. I think that would be a perfect combo because he can kind of be that safety linebacker corner hybrid that can lock down a dynamic player like Jalen Lucas. Do we see more of Ruben Hippolyte and Jay Sean Barham out there to limit that? What is the game plan? Because you know everybody on the Indiana side has got to be thinking between Cam Camper and between Lucas, they got to get those guys 10 plus touches of the ball, you know, outside of the tackle box. Cause they really just haven't been able to see that, that true inside running game that, that Walt Bell's always looked to, to really jumpstart his offense. I think that's fair. You know, and uh, I think, you know, one, one combo that um, I think probably two guys are probably a little bit more forgotten. I think Fanaja Gote, I think he's, he's a little bit more known, but you know, compared to uh, Jeremy Spragans, who I think a lot of people kind of looked at him and said, you know, maybe, maybe he's kind of on the outside looking in. He's been able to find the field a lot. Uh, obviously, you know, Mike Harris, I think he's 
the first couple weeks of the season, he was able to kind of flash as, you know, the, another inside backer there. But um, again, I, I just think that the overall, the, the that talent and depth there um, will be good. And, you know, Caleb Wheatland, he's another guy uh, who's been able to kind of make his impact and presence felt uh, definitely. I think last week he, uh, if memory serves correct, he ended up grading as the top tackler um, against Michigan State. Uh, so again, he's another another guy that that's definitely will will help in, in the run support and kind of limiting Lucas there. Uh, but again, I think if Maryland's able to stop the run um, and force Damon Jackson to beat you with his decision making uh, in his fourth career start, I think that that's kind of why I feel a little bit confident in Maryland's defense here. Yeah, I would agree on that. My number to kind of watch is how many turnovers Maryland can force, how quickly, no, I would like to see how quickly they can put the game away. I'm not really sure they've shown me much that will, that will allude to that actually happening, but we'll see. Um, Ahmed Vegas has the number 14 to 14 and a half, depending on where you look on it. DraftKings still has it as terms of 14 point favorite fan duel, 14 and a half over under on the game. Uh, hasn't moved really at all. Uh, 50 and no. a half, same number that it came out as. Where do you see it? Yes. I uh, actually kept, kept looking back, you know, each day, see if the spread changed at all, you know, even half point in either direction. And every time I've been looking at DraftKings, it's stayed at that 14 steady. Uh, I think Maryland's going to cover. Um, I actually was looking at kind of just to see if there were player pro- props today. Uh, they're available and things like that. And, always look at that, like the winning margin. I like the Maryland to win by, I believe it was the 18 to 24 uh, bucket. Uh, I, I think I'm kind of comfortable with that. Uh, I, I just think that Maryland will, will be able to take advantage. Or I think it was 13, 18, excuse me, uh, 13, 18. And that's the one I'm going to end up picking um, just because I think Maryland will be able to uh, attack. I think, you know, Indiana, they have the big play potential. Uh, Jalen Lucas, you know, it isn't the first time, you know, Virginia, for example, when you went into that week three matchup, uh, Virginia did not really show much going into that, that they could run the ball uh, consistently or efficiently. But, you know, the first couple of drives, they were able to find some success. So would Indiana find any success under Walt Bell's cute play calling? Would, you know, would, do they find a big player too, and, you know, maybe able to turn in, turn in a red zone touchdown or Maryland's defense is able to hold them to three. So I could see Indiana being able to, get to the scoreboard. Now, am I confident that Indiana scores two touchdowns? No. Do I see them maybe getting a touchdown field goal? Yeah. Uh, but I, I just think that Maryland over a 60 minute stretch, uh, I think they're, they're more talented. Uh, and I think the experience also plays a, plays a big role and being back at home. Uh, I think those are all kind of factors there. So uh, I like Maryland to, to end up covering in this um, might, might shy away from the over under just because again, I'm less confident in Indiana's offense uh, what they can do. Uh, I just think, you know, it, it's going to be you know, play here and there. It's not going to be a sustained, sustained success for them uh, is my expectation at least. Um, and I, I could see Maryland being able to get three, maybe four touchdowns. I think the Maryland over, uh, over under uh, touchdown was 3.5 um, was, was debating about that, but uh, I could see the overhitting on that. I would pretty much have to agree with that one spot on. Uh, I think the Terps, role in this game i think they come out early strong i liked what i saw from the defense early being able to force the turnovers last week you already mentioned it young quarterback fourth start really first true road game that's another thing to point out they were home against ohio state early home against indiana state neutral site uh when they played louisville at lucas oil um and then back home for akron so big 10 game road game Maryland's going to be keyed in on the run early. It's just 
like we mentioned in the postgame pod, safety is not getting pulled down into the box and biting on the run early because, look, if you're a coordinator and you're trying to think what easy kind of big plays can I get to jumpstart my offense, you're almost thinking, you know, run, run, play action or the flea flicker look I think is kind of expired against Maryland. They might be looking for that in the first drive. Um, it's just can can you score consistently? They might get an early score or two. Like you said, touchdown, a field goal, 10 points somewhere in the first 24 minutes or so of game time. After that, just like every other game, I think Indiana is going to struggle to move the ball. I like the under in, in this game. If I had to pick one, I, like you, I would say shy away from it. And I like the Terps easily by the 14. Might even look at some of those alternate spreads that will be out on the game uh, You know, come Saturday. The, the, those are always kind of what I've been keying in on recently. Find yeah. those alternate lines where you can get the positive odds on the teams that you know and, and, and pick them. Pick them well, because those are some hard numbers to hit sometimes. Yeah, they, they definitely are. Definitely are. I think it'll be kind of interesting. It'll be interesting. I think it was last last matchup uh, when Indiana, uh, I think it was the Carlos Carrier touchdown. Remember he serves correct? He was, yep. he was the one. I think I've told the story before, but on that last Carlos Carrier touchdown, um, there was, uh, I guess, a GA that found the, that like there was an Indiana beat writer that posted that Indiana was working on like some specific like package or formation, something like that. He posted about it on like his message board or form, whatever it was. And uh, Maryland saw that and they had a play installed just in case that they saw that look. Uh, and then Indiana ended up showing that look Indian or Maryland called out and called out of an audible uh Hey, Carlos Carrier. So if you look back on that uh, touchdown, I think it was a second touchdown because I think it was a 100-yard uh, career game for him. Uh, Carlos Carrier was wide open on that. And it ended up being a win, getting, giving Maryland that sixth win to kickstart that bull, bull streak. So uh, it's crazy, crazy how things uh, come full circle like that. So uh, don't think it'll end up needing to be that close like we kind of talked about uh, throughout, but uh, definitely expect Maryland chance to uh, pick up win number five and possibly move to into the top 25. Yeah, we'll see on that. I'm not, I'm not too sold on the top 25 and just you, you called it out earlier. So I'll throw them out there. Maryland's over for this one, 30 and a half, Indiana, 17 and a half. So those are your two uh, points predictions for the score according to Vegas. So Vegas right now leaning on, on the points wise that, you know, it's right at that 14 number, but Sort of leaning uh, Indiana with it being a 13 spread on the on the over under and scoring. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see just kind of how it, how it shakes out. But um, yeah, I, I think I think Maryland will get a chance to um, create and continue that momentum uh, at home this weekend. Yeah, quick look at the Big Ten schedule this week. Um, some tough ones in the noon window. Penn State uh, heads to Northwestern. Northwestern picking up an impressive win uh, last week at home uh, against. Minnesota, but I think the the Nittany Lions got a role going on. Um, Minnesota playing a homecoming game, I believe it's against the University of Louisiana Lafayette or just University of Louisiana uh, this week. Michigan heads to Nebraska. Uh, Illinois is at Purdue. Wagner's at Rutgers. There's your headliner, and, and Michigan State heads to uh, Iowa in the NBC night game. Anything catch your eye? Kind of a lame weekend of Big Ten football. Yeah, I think you know Michigan Nebraska. I think it'll be kind of interesting. Um, Nebraska has been really, you know, a couple, couple key injuries, especially at running back. That rotation is uh, looking real thin right now. Um, but it'll be the first real, uh, I guess the, you know, they play Colorado, but first big conference game uh, for Nebraska, especially at home. So we'll be, we'll be kind of interested to see how they fare. Uh, 
I think Penn State's going to roll Northwestern. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I haven't even looked at the Michigan State-Iowa game, and I, I just kind of want to take the under on it just out of instinct. Yeah, I believe that number is 31 and a half. So. Yeah, uh, man, that is so low. That's so low. Yeah, yeah. I still might take it, though. But another I, thing that I just stuck out. Me, something tells me one of those teams is scoring 21 and one of them scoring like 13. Or something uh, like that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, do you have confidence that Iowa is going to score at least 13 points? Like after State? my comments about Iowa football last week on this show, I don't think that I should talk about them because I, <laughs> I had them with the cover, and that was a brutal Saturday night in Happy Valley for Caden McNamara. I mean, every yeah. drop back, he was getting hit. That was that was just a ugly game for Iowa. Yeah, that Iowa def- or uh, that uh, Penn State defense is um, they 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 are legit. They have a couple multiple. Uh, NFL players on that side of the ball. Yeah, definitely would agree with that. Ahmed, anything to add? Yeah, I just think, you know, uh, again, I think, you know, Maryland should be able to kind of take care of business this weekend. Um, you know, I think this is kind of what every fan was looking for these first five weeks of the season uh, to just kind of generate that momentum and going into that first uh, test against one of the Big Ten elite uh, next weekend. So, again, you know, I think Maryland will get a chance to – kind of maintain that momentum, kind of iron out the kinks. And, you know, we'll see what the offensive line looks like if they kind of, you know, keep uh, that same starting five as last week. Uh, Corey Bullock was a guy who didn't play or he wasn't um, on the field uh, at practice earlier this week. So does he end up going back in? And, and you know, how does that line look going into uh, the Buckeyes matchup? So I uh, think, think it'll be really interesting. But uh, with family weekend around the corner, um, definitely looking forward to seeing how Maryland fares. Yeah, it should be a fun day uh, out at CQ Stadium. Looks like it's going to easily be the biggest crowd of the season uh, to this point, as Ahmed mentioned, family weekend. Um, you'll catch me at the old line tailgate before uh, the game. Always happy to support uh, their mission. They have a bunch of kids coming out to the game this weekend. Um, and we'll be back on our post-game pod live from CQ, or you'll catch it recorded, but we'll be live from CQ, uh, recording it right after uh, Mike Loxley and the players are available. So make sure to check back for that on Saturday night. It will be up. And as always, check in to Inside the Black and Gold for all of those VIP notes and updates that Ahmed's got on the site as the Terps welcome in Indiana to CQ for Ahmed Gafir. I am Mason Viner. As always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.